episode 54 of Unlicensed Entertainment. I'm your host, Carl Entner. With me today is a special guest, Jack Wanzura. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Carl. Thank you for doing the show. So, uh, if you are longtime listeners of me, you heard her on my previous show, Unlicensed Film Reviewers. So, this is our first time being on Unlicensed Entertainment. So, I thought I'd get the people who are listening to know you a little bit better. So, I know you because we were part of the same improv company, uh, Spectacles Improv. You were part of a Ghost Light and... Were you in Green Room? Uh, no, I joined right when Ghost Light started and Green Room ended, Okay. Basically. Yes, that's right. I remember that now. So what was... Is that your whole uh, act performing background is Spectacles Improv? Or did you do anything like that before? By the way, improv is comedy made up on the spot. People don't know. Yes. Uh, I started doing improv on stage in college, my senior year in college uh, at UC Irvine. I was with Improv Revolution, who now do the Coup de Comedy Festival at UC Irvine. So anyone in Orange County who's familiar with improv is most familiar with that, probably. Uh, Yeah, and Spectacles was really my first foray, I think, into regular community improv. What, What got you interested in doing improv at all in the first place? Well, I think... Me, along with a lot of other people, will talk about whose line is it anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely part of my background. It's so impressive and so funny. And the idea of just, like, going out and playing and you don't need props or, like, costumes or even... You don't even really need an audience. You can just dick around with your friends. We have definitely done it with... (laughs) Even live shows, we've done it with no audience. I could say that. Yeah. Oh, certainly there's been times where there were more people on stage than in the crowd. I remember there was a time... uh, We usually performed at like 10 o'clock at night lobby. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had an earlier show. So I was like, okay, this will be the one to get my family members in. And we had been selling out pretty consistently at the time. So I told my family members they didn't like to go out the late ones, come early. You need to come early or you're not going to be able to get a seat. And my family members showed up and they were the only ones who really showed oh, up for no. that show. And I was like, oh, this is the, this is the he's been bragging about doing for all these years, performing for three people. Good for him. Oh, man. Yeah, I would love to get my family out to watch me do comedy. Uh, they, I would have to ask them to drive a bit. But, you know, who's whoever has their eyes on me, that's good enough. Did you ever have, uh, like, I never really, on stage, I find myself more comfortable on stage than I am on normal one-on-one conversations with people that I don't know that well. Uh, Do you have that? Do you have any stage fright or anything like that that goes on? Or are you cool as a cucumber on stage? Well, certainly for my first couple of shows, I had nerves. But, yeah, I don't feel that anymore, and I haven't for a long time. It just feels like... The, the audience wants to be entertained, mm-hmm. so you kind of have that going for you. I think the only times I ever have stage fright is if I don't trust the people I'm on stage mm. with. I've, uh, I've, I perform, not, not that necessarily, like, they have to be, like, not as good as the people I usually work with. I can work with people that follow the rules or stuff like that, and I, I believe in them, but when I see people that are, like, don't understand the rules and are sabotaging scenes and then they're bringing you down to your level and there's no way that you can save it that's when i start getting nervous if i if i trust the people at least understand the basic concept i know i can do fine yeah absolutely you need a a supportive partner there on stage or else you're just making a fool of yourself 
Now, you came on to a very interesting team when you started with Ghostlight. Ghostlight, we decided to, Spectacles decided to go with a different direction than everyone else. Everyone else at that point had been doing short form, just goofy, who's line ripoff kind of shows. Mm-hmm. You guys went in a different direction. You had horror themed shows. You might have some short form in there, but a lot of times you had long form stuff like that. Was that hard to go, okay, I'm going to be doing comedy, but we're also going to try to make it spooky every show? Was that hard? Well, it certainly wasn't something that I was expecting to do because when Ghostlight first formed, it it was a short-form team like The Lobby and Flyspace, and they realized pretty quickly, like, we can't have the same show three times, especially because The Lobby and Flyspace were so fucking good that, like, it's hard to put yourself, compare yourself to these... You need something to stand out from yeah, the Yeah, exactly. And so when we started doing the horror stuff, I was a, a little unsure, but it really had this cool vibe. Uh, one form we would do is we would have an audience member t- tell an experience, like a supernatural or paranormal experience that they had, and then we would tell like the ghost story behind it. Like, how did that being come to be? And we had a couple of those that had moments that really sent chills really? through my body. Yeah, um, there was one time where Kristen was Bloody Mary and was like, Kristen was one of the players yeah. on the team. So the people listening now, yeah. okay. And uh, we had the tech also improvising along with us. Okay. And so, by the way, for you who don't know, the tech was Lisa, who was on our previous guest episode. Yeah, Lisa Bryan, and she. Uh, I just remember the lighting going to red as as Kristen was standing over another player, like, just about to murder him. It was, you know, something that you don't get to do in comedy improv. Yeah. But I will say, even though you did have moments like, oh, wow, this is, like, a good story, you also have, were genuinely funny, too. You had uh, very interesting improvisers on your team. Uh, you were always a standout. Uh, I'd say you were... Um, the way i describe you is you're kind of like the, the, the person you go to who could count on uh you basically you could hold the scene together you were you were funny of course but you like you were never like going extreme at least when i saw you you were kind of like you were funny in an understated way and you held the scenes together does that make sense you, you know it warms my heart to hear you say that because that's exactly what i like to do i'd like to be very supportive of my fellow teammates on stage and that's what i i want to be the foundation and they can you know i'll bunt in the run, runs while other people to get the home runs, you I don't, know? I, But I'm not saying you don't do that every once in a while, That's, but your main thing was you were very supportive, which I think a lot of people don't give enough credit for. I, I also consider myself very similar kind of uh, holding the scenes together kind of player. Yeah. Uh, I think like it's a straight man. It's a person mm-hmm. who understands that in order for the goofiness to work, you need to have someone over there to bounce off of. Yeah, to ground it. Uh, they, in my opinion, that's why I'm always a bigger fan of, like, when you're watching cartoons, I was a bigger fan of The Brain than it was of a pinky. Because <laughs> I like the guy who has to react off of the goofiness and still play in that world, but be funny in, the, in a different, more subtle way. Same as, like, Jason Bateman and Arrested Development. I think those mm-hmm. characters are always good and always very funny, but underrated. Yeah, absolutely. The goofy and the funny aren't goofy and funny without the normal to it's tiring. balance them out. Yes, yeah. Now, I thought you did that very well. And of course, like I don't think either one of us stuck 100% to that. That's just like our mainstay. Sure, yeah. Uh, are you still performing improv comedy now? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, I'm performing at the Improv Collective in Costa Mesa. My main gig is there is a comedy 
kind of like sports league called IFL. And okay. I've been a manager for IFL for uh, nine out of the ten seasons. For those of you who don't know when I talk about IFL, it's uh, it's competitive improv in a way. It's two teams going up against each other, getting points. It's a very friendly competition, though. I don't think it's taken too seriously on that stuff. No, I feel like the newbies are the ones who take it the most seriously. It's really fun because it's produced like an ESPN like sports shows so mm-hmm. there's commentators and there's a ref and everyone is there on stage to make this show fun at every moment and that's actually funny because uh ifl was a stunt started off as a stunt stunt game we had a series uh in spectacles improv because we had so many different teams where we had, like new ownership and the new like specialty <laughs> shows were thrown in there and that was just one of the shows and it stuck and i think it's the only thing that's really sticking around from our old company is just ifl i mean most of those people are still doing improv, but Spectacles is pretty much gone. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing all the Spectacles people at Improv Collective. Did you know that IFL has expanded to San Diego now? Oh, holy crap. No, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. There's now a whole nother, like group of teams like performing, and they're having their opening night tonight. When wow. We're, this day that we're recording. And they're affiliated with us, or are they copying our style? No. Or, I'm not saying my style. I'm not even part of it anymore. <laughs> copying your style. <laughs> Um, no, Joey, uh, you know, who's Joey Shope, who helps run IFL with Matt Thomas, um, sat down and like invited them over and gave them this whole handbook and it's, uh, it is affiliated with us. That is very cool. Yeah. All right. Is there anything you want to plug before we move on to the next segment? Of course, we'll let you plug again at the end of the show. Sure. No, just, uh, catch me at the Improv Collective. You can go to improvcollective.fun. They paid more for the dot fun. Where is, uh, where is that, uh... In the Southern California area? Uh, in Costa Mesa. Okay. Just wanted people to know, like, if they're, if they're in Texas, they probably don't <laughs> want to look for you guys. Uh, yeah, and that's all I have to plug. All right, so uh, I'm going to throw my plugs. I always forget to do this. Uh, please rate and subscribe to the show uh, on whether it's a service you're using, on iTunes especially with the, with the rate and review, because I have two reviews right now. That's not that much. People tend not to listen to podcasts without reviews. And I know there are more than two of you listening to the show. Just go on iTunes. You have an account. Or if you don't, it's very easy to set up. If you support the show, please do that. I really appreciate it. And if you know friends that have iTunes account that leave their computers open, go on there and leave a <laughs> review in their name. You guys really should do that. Carl works so hard on this show, and he deserves those reviews. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I keep on bringing this up because this movie meant so much to me. I watched this movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen it. I've heard it's good. Okay, there's this character on there. There's a podcaster. And her biggest line, because she is in that, she's a very whiny person who always wants people to listen to her podcast. She goes like, you have no idea how much work goes into doing a podcast. And I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> I relate so hard. All right, so now we're going to move on to the next segment, which I still don't have a better name for, but it's called Entertainment Thoughts. This is my thought on stuff I took in entertainment in the last two weeks since the last show. These are not reviews on the products, they are just thoughts I had while taking the video games, movies, podcasts, whatever. So the first one, it's already Halloween season in this house, so we're already starting to get in the horror mood. And I start, I watched my favorite slasher of all time, which is the original Texas Chainsaw mm. Massacre. I had not watched that movie since I was in high school, and some things hit for me differently as an adult living on their own. And one, there's a scene in the movie... Have you ever seen this movie before? I haven't. I heard that it's probably the best slasher of all time. I though. agree with that person. Yeah. Uh, so the, it's not just Leatherface, the killer with the worst skin mask that's killers. This entire family is full mm. of cannibalistic killers. Uh, so there's a scene in the movie where a girl uh, is hiding in a gas station 
where the dad coincidentally works, but you don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. And the, she's guessing... The murderer dad. The murderer dad. Yeah, okay. And so the main character girl doesn't know that. She goes to him for help, like, help me, help me, help me. And he ends up, like, tying her up and putting her in his car. As he's leaving the gas station to go back, drive back to the house so they can kill her, he realizes, oh, crap. I left the lights on in the gas station. She's tied up in the bag. He exits his car, turns off the lights, goes back in the car, and he's like, you will not believe how expensive these, these electric bills are nowadays. And as an adult... <laughs> Who's paying crazy electric bills right now, especially using AC 24-7 with this heat. I was like, I get it. I don't care what emergency I'm in. I'm turning off those lights if I'm leaving. Well, emergency you're in or that you're putting someone yeah. else in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never I never got that line until this time I saw it. I was like, oh, beautiful. I get it so much. All right. Uh, the next one. Uh, so I'm watching uh, the third season of Umbrella Academy. For those of you who know that, it's a superhero show that's on Netflix made by the guy, uh, based on a comic by the guy from My Chemical Romance. Uh, anyways, have you ever watched that show? I, I haven't. Okay. That's with, Oh, wait. I think I only saw the first episode. Okay. It's, it's fine, not great. But there's a character in there. So there's a family of people that are raised by some weird experimental scientist billionaire dude uh, they were like be, picked right they were basically uh 12 different women were suddenly pregnant and gave birth it's like seconds later on the same day at the same time mm. and this billionaire just like i'll take six or seven of them i can't remember how many of them there are sure. and they all have superpowers mm-hmm. now this led me to not all their superpowers are that great and I'm wondering what level of superpower would you have before you feel comfortable being a superhero? Like the guy on the show, who, I, who I'm thinking of, his name's Diego. His power is he could kind of slightly alter trajectory of things, mm-hmm. and so he's very he throws knives a lot. Mm. That's his thing. He throws knives. That's sure. it. And he is a superhero. I would not be a superhero if I could throw <laughs> knives really well. I mean, just get a gun. <laughs> yeah. There's there's guy there's people in there like one person has the power to if she says I heard a rumor she can make you do whatever she says after that. Like, I heard a rumor, you can't speak, you no longer can open your mouth. Stuff like that. There is a guy that has has humongous, like, monster tentacles shoot out of his hands are super strong. No, out of his stomach. They're super strong and fuck you up. There's things like that. And then there's a the guy who could throw knives really well. <laughs> I mean, the way you're describing it, it reminds me of Encanto. Like, you have a family mm-hmm. of people, everyone has their own superpower, but some of them are kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, they, in Encanto, they're just kind of, like, helping out their town a little bit. They're not fighting crime. Mm-hmm. Like, what level would you be comfortable with before you became a superhero? With, like, how good must my superpower be? Yeah, because if I, if I could just fly, like a guy from Heroes did, I'm not going to be a superhero. I mean, that's cool, I can fly, but I'm not fighting crime with my power of flight. Yeah, no, I don't see how. You can run from crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it would have to be several great superpowers before I actually put myself out yeah. there. Like I, Even like Cyclops, he can shoot beams from his eyes. Okay, so you have a very widespread gun in your, in your face. <laughs> uh, you can still get shot so easily. Uh, there's just too many powers that are, you're still so vulnerable, and I'm still scared of bullets. I think I would have to at least be bulletproof before I became a crime fighter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, same. <laughs> but sure, this guy throws knives well. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a slight spoiler for the season, because, but this bugged me uh, in uh, Umbrella Academy as well. So... Every season, it seems like there's an apocalypse. And so this third season, there's an apocalypse about to happen. The world's going to end. There's only like seven of them left, maybe eight of them left in the world right now. And then the world's going to completely snuff them out of existence. And one of them proposes to the other one. 
And so they're going to get married that day. Uh. And he keeps, they keep on going like, when people are fighting or stuff like that, some of the characters don't get along. It's a very dysfunctional superhero family. He goes like, hey, it's my wedding day. It's my day. And I personally felt like that was selfish. Like, you were, you were taking the very last day of all of our existences and making it all about you. I had to worry about your feelings on the last day of the universe. I don't want to do that. I want to. Cur- I don't care if I'm a superhero. I want to curl up a nice little ball and cry. That's my uh, my day is booked. I do not want to worry about your wedding. I I had a dream that the world was ending once, and in that dream is like, oh, I'm gonna off myself right now. I don't want to live through this. Oh, see, <laughs> I don't know if I'm like that because I'm very much of the thought process that I just want to live as long as possible. I'm very much in the mindset that I'm going to try to be immortal. So I'm going to be in denial. <laughs> Until the very last second. I am not speeding it up. No way. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, makes sense to me. All right, the next one. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Marvel movies, Marvel Universe, stuff like that. I have all the movies. I read tons of comics. I'm a geek on that. But that universe is fucking weird. Uh, like, I recently, you know, uh, Thor came out, and, like, they're doing, like, in that universe... A huge tragedy befell the world not that long ago where mm-hmm. five years people were gone in a blip. This guy took out half the universe. And then in the new Thor movie, there is a ice cream place called Infinity Cone. And it is Thanos' gauntlet with Infinity Stones holding ice cream. That is fucking weird to me. This is like, let's make an ice cream parlor with Hitler stuff. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, oh, like, uh... Yeah, that's like something themed on 9-11. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not cool. By the way, people have tried that and gotten in trouble for that. That is, not, that is a thing that's happened in this universe. It's just accepted. Uh, there is uh, there's people that call themselves superhero geeks, which I think... I don't think there would be geeks that would be into superhero Because they're like jocks. Yeah. I think I don't think you'd be a nerd if you're into Iron Man or Captain America. I think you'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the next Captain America because I'm going to the gym so much. I don't think it'd be the geeky guy who's like, oh, yeah, I want to be the next Captain America. I think they all want to. I don't think it would be just the nerds. Sure, yeah. I mean, it makes sense in our world for geeks to like superheroes because superheroes in our world are not real. Yeah, are not real. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem that they, they the disconnect that the MCU has with their, their universe that they set up is that they play it out like the movies are fiction even though the the heroes are living in that universe mm, real yeah. they don't have that set up right so it's this weird dichotomy of like i'm a geek but also these the worlds almost ended 15 times <laughs> and yeah. these six people i keep on stopping it i don't think that makes you a geek <laughs> i think that makes them fucking fucking heroes i also think that maybe people wouldn't care about them as much as they probably should i think maybe people would be like like kids seem to like really worship these guys, mm-hmm. but kids don't don't worship real people. Kids want their TV heroes. They don't care about the guy who rescues people <laughs> in real life. They care more about you know Captain Thunderstorm on TV or whatever is in their universe than than Iron Man or stuff. Although you saying that, I would be really interested to know: Are there also fictional superheroes in the Marvel universe? Well, I mean, think about it. there are real cops, and yeah, we have a billion different cop shows. Mm-hmm. So, don't you think there would be fictional shows yeah. about superheroes? I mean, I like that aspect of it. Like, what would those fictional superheroes look like in a world just with filled with actual superheroes? And they—that's something that's never been talked about on these shows. They never show that stuff, but it would have to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go with the next one. My phone closed. There we go. Uh, 
so again, Halloween season, uh, I usually, I don't play horror games that often because I can take horror movies very well. They don't really scare me, but horror games, you're doing the thing. It puts you very much in their perspective and the jump scares and stuff like that give me way more. Sure. Uh, and so I was playing this game, Resident Evil 7, for the first time. It's, a, it's the first first-person shooter Resident Evil game. Have you played it? Um, I have played Resident Evil games. I'm not sure if I played 7. It's very Texas Chainsaw with like a crazy family attacking you kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, in this game, you're, the main character you're playing is this guy whose wife has been missing for three years. He gets a video from her. He goes in to go save her in this weird last place she was located and ends up getting trapped in this property by this crazed family that you can't seem to fucking kill. Mm -hmm. And when you go, you find your wife very early in the game. Oh. And you're like, okay, cool, we're getting out of here. And then she turns crazy and stabs you in the hand. And then after that, you think, oh, something's wrong with her. I have to save her also mentally. And he keeps on doing that. I don't know. I feel like once I got stabbed in the hand, I'm out. And people in video games always have to go on a certain path. Like, there's a door that's kind of locked, so he doesn't try to break, the, break down the door because it's locked. Right. No one tries to break windows. No one tries to break down doors. People follow the paths they want to go. I'm sorry. If I'm trapped in some strange house, I'm breaking the windows. I will I not, do not care. through the wall. I'm not going to go like, oh, well, that's not the path I'm supposed to go. <laughs> Oh, my wife stabbed me? I still like her. No, I'm sorry. I love you until you stab me in the hand. And then, you know what? We're not cool. I'm not going to go like, oh, there's maybe something wrong with her that we need to protect. I'm done. <laughs> I, uh, I was with you getting kidnapped and trapped in this scary house. But you <laughs> stabbing me is now I'm out. Yeah. yeah no, I'm done. I don't want to deal with that. By the way, this guy takes it very uh, easily. His hand gets cut off earlier in the game. But then there's this stuff that you can put on on you to heal you, and he attaches back on his hand, and it's good the rest of the time. I'm not cool with my limbs getting cut off and just attaching them back on. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's part of the story. It actually is. <laughs> ah. His hand gets cut off multiple times. His leg gets cut off one time. He's cool. <laughs> I, th I think that's nuts. All right, and my last one is about a commercial. So I was watching a cell phone commercial for Verizon, and it had M Adam Scott... And Cecily Strong. Mm -hmm. Two amazing comedic actors. This is the only time I've ever seen them together. Why are we getting this great pairing of humongous talent to do a commercial, commercial. for a cell phone? And they're never funny. You can get great people to do cell phone commercials. They're never going to be funny because you have to throw in the great savings and the deals and stuff like that. Why is this happening? I, you cannot get a casting that good in a commercial. It should not be allowed. You could maybe get like a spokesperson, but not a comedian, because you're just wasting that. Yeah. I was so mad. I love both of them so much. Yeah, comedy should be pure, not yeah. tainted by capitalism. Or, okay, okay, if you want to do the commercial with people, they have to have worked together before. Mm. It can't be the first time we see this pairing. <laughs> well, at least now they've met. Maybe yeah. they can hook up maybe in and the future. do yeah. real comedy. But it's just, it's like, oh, this would be great. I love these guys. So, I mean, cell phone plan. I'm good. I have T-Mobile. I don't need Verizon. Uh, all right. So that is all my entertainment thoughts. Now we're going to go into entertainment news. I don't really have very creative segment <laughs> names. No, it's, That's okay. it's factual. You're describing what we're going over. I think it's good. So this is a very slow week. Uh, a lot of the content on my show is based on how much stuff, like, for the last time, how many of those I could think up. Most of those I thought of yesterday because, like, I have one. 
so now in entertainment news, I had to go into some stuff I didn't care about as much usually, but I want to ha- I want to pad this show out to get to get to an hour long. Also, to justify your drive over here, I don't want to be like we recorded for twenty minutes. Thank you, you're gone. Bye. So I'm going to talk about the Emmys. I don't usually care about the Emmys. I'm not going to go about all the awards, but I'm going to go about the awards I care about. Do you care about the Emmys? I don't. Do you watch anything that is Emmy nominated? I I don't seek it out. <laughs> okay. So let's see how this goes. I'm going to go down a list of the awards that I care about. See if you care about any of these. Sure. So Outstanding Actress in a Drama Series, Zendaya Euphoria. Have you seen that show? I have not seen Euphoria, but I saw someone make fun of Euphoria on a comedy show. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, just, there's a show called Make Some Noise where they have people improvise stuff and it was like okay you two are um, girls from Euphoria but you're selling Girl Scout cookies. Oh. It was a real funny bit. That'd be fucked up. <laughs> uh, Euphoria is an amazing show. I highly recommend it. Even though the it's it's not realistic like they advertise it like it's a super realistic show right? Mm-hmm. People dealing with real life problems drug problems stuff like that. But then one of the characters in the second season wrote a drama that she, they get performed in their high school. I also wrote a play that was performed in my high school. Wow. Difference is, I didn't get sets or anything like that. I got some chairs and you had to imagine everything. <laughs> she gets full on tons of costumes, a stage where one sequence has a revolving uh, stage floor. So like she's walking like a treadmill oh, thing. Wow. Where the, 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 so it shows that she's moving. The walls are moving. The floor is moving. But she's kind of in place, walking in place. Kind of transition. So it's like- This is a poor high school. Yeah, she has a budget. I think they blew their entire school budget on just that play that she wrote. I, I was going to say, it feels like the high school had the budget of the TV show Euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it's supposed to be very realistic. But Zendaya did a, uh, an amazing performance. And she wasn't in the play, so at least her storyline was believable. <laughs> uh, for Outstanding Actor in a Drama Series, it's... Okay, I'm going to screw this up because I don't know how to say it. Lee Jung Jae. Who was in Squid Game? Did you watch Squid Game? Oh, I didn't. I, I oh, feel like it would just. You missed a phenomenon. Me. Oh, it's so sad. It's <laughs> yeah. so sad. And the thing is, like, people, a few people were turned off because they said, oh, this is a mess up storyline. I don't want to watch it for the gore. Although the gore is a part of it, it's really a great social commentary of what people do who are desperate mm-hmm. in, a, in an economy, in a world that does not care about the working man. Yeah. So, yes, it's fucked up. Yes, it has gore, but it has so much to say, and the performances are amazing. Mm-hmm. And this guy who won the award definitely deserved it. So yeah. good on him. And he's the first person ever to win a Best Actor in a Drama Series in an Emmy who is not an English speaker in the role. Wow. So good for him. Yeah. You know, I think it says something that Squid Game is so popular because it. I think a lot of people feel that desperation. Oh, yeah. No, it's super relatable. Yeah. It's sad how relatable that show is. <laughs> I highly re- If you have not seen it, it's basically people... Who are participating in child games, but if you lose a child game, you die, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And they need the money. They need. Everyone is desperate for the money, and yeah, mess up things that they do for it. And there's tons of likable characters mm. doing messed up stuff to each other. It's fantastic. All right, the next one is outstanding actor in a comedy series: is Je- Jason Sudeikis and Ted Lasso. Have you watched Ted Lasso? I, I, you know, let's just go ahead and assume I haven't seen. I'm going to ask you every single time. <laughs> um. I have not seen Ted Lasso. See, I am... My best friend is my TV. I have seen Ted Lasso. I've seen all these shows so far. Uh, Ted Lasso is... If you want a show that makes you feel really good, this is a show for you. There are some sad moments in it, but for the most part, especially the first season, 
It is the most positive show you'll ever watch mm. with the most likable characters, and you really care what's happening with them, even though it's a show about soccer. Oh, soccer. A guy, a guy who never coached soccer before coached some other sport in the U.S. gets hired on as like a stunt for a British team, and it brings them all together in an inspiring, fun story. Uh, okay, this is one you have to see if you have not seen. I highly recommend. I think it would fit with you very well. Outstanding actress in a comedy st- series, Gene Smart Hacks. Hacks. I haven't even heard of that one. Okay. So this show, do you know Gene Smart is? Um, what else has she been in? Uh, she was, let's see. I only knew about her recently, but she's very famous for, cause she's been around a while. Uh, she was in, uh, Legion. Here she is over here. Oh yes. Okay. She's been she's around forever. Great. She's fantastic. It hacks is about a co- comedian, f- female comedian mm-hmm. who's been around for a long time being in Vegas and residency and kind of like gotten stale. It's been the same thing over and over again. And then this down on this or luck writer uh, gets set to work with her to kind of bump up her comedy a little bit and make it more edgy or something like that. And these two people rub each other the wrong way. Mm-hmm. It's a young person versus experienced person, both dealing, coming from comedy in two different angles, mm-hmm. and their relationship in there. And it is phenomenal. It is, again, very, it's very abusive. <laughs> <laughs> it is very messed up. But every once in a while you see humanity in these messed up characters. And the performances are great. The comedy is great because I think it's so hard to write. Like a lot of people write com- comedic characters and TV shows and stuff like that, and they're supposed to be funny. But you're like, this is someone writing comedy that doesn't actually write comedy. Sure. Like they don't know write stand up. The comedy, the stand up comedy when it's supposed to be good is very good. When it's supposed to be bad, is very bad. So I really enjoy- enjoyed it and the character development. All these characters in there. It's not just these two. It's a whole group of people are phenomenal. Where where can you watch? This Hacks? is on HBO Max. Okay. Highly recommend it. You have you have HBO Max. You watch Harley, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, definitely check that show out. I'm gonna skip limited series. I haven't watched either of these. Michael Keaton for Dope Sick and Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. I haven't watched any of those. Outstanding comedy series is Ted Lasso. We just talked about that. Everyone should watch it. Drama series Succession. I haven't watched that because I watched Billions. It was basically Succession before Billions took place. Or Billions is Succession before it took place. Am I saying it right? Billions came first. Billions came first! <laughs> I'm saying it's so fucking dumb. Uh, Julia Gardner uh, won for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. She was in Ozark. Did you watch Ozark? I've heard a lot about Ozark. That has... Uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, yeah. Um, and Laura Linney, yeah. Uh, I heard that it kind of went downhill, though. Was that not... Am I wrong? You're wrong. Okay. So it, it's, it stayed it's, good. It starts off okay and gets better as it goes. Oh, okay, good. Uh, and Julia Gardner was a relatively unknown actress before that. She was also in The Americans, but those are the only things I've seen her in. There's mm-hmm. Americans in this. And she's dealing, like, she mostly deals across the screen with uh, with Jason Bateman. Both of them, they have scenes together. She's a pretty young person mm-hmm. dealing with Jason Bateman, and she stole the show. Wow. Uh, so good on her. Uh, from Ted Lasso, outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series, is Brett Goldstein. He's a... Uh, He's Hercules at the end of Thor, Love and Thunder, uh-huh. and he is amazing the fact that he's a writer on the show. They're writing the show, he's like, I think I could play this character. And was like, you're really nice, and this character is very mean. I don't see that. <laughs> so he made his own audition tape, uh, gave it to him, was like, look, if you guys don't like it, it's okay, I'm not going to be offended if you don't want to do it, but I think I could do this. And he got the role that way. Yeah. And he does a great job with it. He is, again... I didn't know him at all. I knew Jason Sudeikis much more. And this guy steals the scene. Uh, 
Let's see. And then I want to talk about this one because I haven't seen it, but I think it's really good that she won. Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is in Abbott Elementary. Uh, it is a TV show that's on ABC uh, starring mostly black cast with a few few white people thrown in there about people working in elementary school. And so many people I've seen online identify with and love this show, say it's a very feel-good show. And people were so happy for her when she won, even though I haven't seen it yet. I will watch it. Uh, I was very happy to see that she won. Yeah. I'm I'm coming away from this with, uh, I mean, at least three shows now that I, I definitely want to watch. Ted Lasso, Hacks, and Abbott Elementary. Yeah, definitely. All right. So next one. Uh, there was a study. I don't know why people did this study, but there was a study that found Spider-Man is overwhelmingly America's favorite superhero. He has 25, in 25 of the states, he's the most popular hero. Then Batman with 10 states, and then after that, it's kind of split up among them. Mm -hmm. The only thing that bugs me about this study is done very much like the way we elect presidents, mm -hmm. which is they went by states rather than people. Because, sure. sure, 25 states, are they in the middle of the country? Because probably everybody else on California could love Batman and get more votes than yeah. Spider-Man did in those 25 states. I don't know. I think uh, the, the electoral college for superhero studies is a little fucked up and needs to go away. Yeah, uh, they really should do that by number of people, not yeah. number of states. I mean, I love Spider-Man, but my guy's Daredevil, and he's not even on this. Yeah, oh man, who's my favorite superhero? I don't even think I've, I've put enough thought into that. Um... Man, I mostly know about the villains because I've been watching so much Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. That's a great show. Well, she's kind of a superhero in a way. Mm, I mean, the closest... the closest They're definitely bad guys. Uh, Poison Ivy, I guess, would be okay. more heroic. My li wife loves her. I think if Poison Ivy came into like real life and like had it, like hit on my wife, my wife would leave me for Poison Ivy. I don't think anyone would blame her. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My family would be like, it's amazing she stuck with you for that long, really. We've been holding back on saying she's just too good for you. Or actually, I don't even think they hold back that much. <laughs> All right. Uh, for the next story, uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Do you know mm -hmm. who David Harbour is? Uh... He's sher he's a sheriff in Stranger Things. Okay, yeah. You know who he is? No. I'm, you ever seen Stranger no, Things? No, I have. I'm the worst. I probably should. You don't watch any shows. That's okay. <laughs> uh, this guy. I'll show you a picture. Yeah. Do you recognize him? Okay. So he's going to star in the. They're making a, a video game adaptation of the series Grand, Grand Turismo. Turismo. Okay. Do you play that game? Um, I. It's been a long time. The, it's a very. Do you know about Grand Turismo? See, this is what I'm gonna. I was gonna say what I thought Grand Turismo was, and you can uh, or Turismo as you're saying it. I'm gonna say what I think it is, and you tell me why it makes a movie because I don't think this makes a movie. Okay. Isn't it just a bunch of people racing cars? Is there a plot? Um, you're right, kind of. I don't know much about a plot. Uh, the what it's that makes it stand out above other racing games is that it's very realistic like they have like hundreds of real cars that you have to be the mechanic for like like all the individual parts well, that you can sounds like a out. fun tv show <laughs> yeah so that is my um familiarity with it you're right that it's like of all the video games why pick one that doesn't have any plot or character yeah it's just racing and Mechanics. <laughs> that sounds so boring. But okay, sure. Let's let's do Gran Turismo the the movie. Okay, this one's confusing to me. So, I I've only seen one Karate Kid movie. Mm -hmm. I've seen the very first one. Uh, I thought it was fine. I don't know. I don't get the 
huge cult following that this film has. Because I, I only watched it like two years ago. I think I watched it in the beginning of the pandemic. But my whole life, everyone's like, oh, I love Karate Kid. I grew up with Karate Kid. So amazing. There's like four movies, and then they made Cobra Kai, Kai the TV show. Mm-hmm. Cool. Everyone loves it. Good on you. Here's the thing I think is weird. So Sony, who has the rights to Karate Kid, has announced that they're going to make a new Karate Kid movie. So you would think, since they have the Cobra Kai TV show, oh, this is going to tie into that. Yeah. No, they're going to confuse people. This is a new Karate Kid movie that I think connects to the old movies, but does not connect to the TV TV show. show. Why would you do this to people? Well, didn't they make a new Karate Kid movie with Jaden Smith? Yeah, and he did did the wrong kind. He didn't do karate. He does like kung fu or something like that. And people are all butthurt about that. And so they're rebooting it again. Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised it has that much of a following. I feel like it's just like the wish fulfillment of like, you know, especially if you watch it when you were a young child of like taking power and just learning through, especially the whole, the training montage is where it's at, right? The wax on, wax off. Everyone knows it. I knew it from Ninja Turtles before I knew it from Karate (laughs) Kicks. I watched Ninja Turtles first. Yeah, I would love to like clean my car and then immediately be able to kick ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of movies, especially from like people that grew up in my time, that people loved a lot that have nostalgia goggles for them. It's a fine movie. It's not a great movie. Same thing with like, I didn't watch Goonies until I was well into adulthood. Mm-hmm. You see anyone around my age group, and you bring up Goonies. Goonies never say die! And they're all excited about it. I watched it, and it's terrible. It is an annoying movie. I think people that grew up with it love it because they grew up with it and can't see how annoying that movie is. I don't think Karate Kid's that bad, but it's definitely along the same lines where it's not as good as you guys think it is. Yeah, I feel that. That being said, a movie from the era that I do love and think aged amazingly, I can get people to try to watch again, E.T. is amazing. Go watch E.T. Oh. That's the one. All right. Uh, here's another movie I doubt you watched, but we're going to do a story about it. Uh, Keanu Reeves is set to reprise his role of Constantine in a new sequel 17 years after the first one came out. I actually did see Constantine. Okay, there we go, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I saw it around when it came out, so it, as you've just mentioned, it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Um, but uh, I remember actually being more impressed. I, I heard that people were like, oh, this is, this is so bad, such a yeah. cheesy movie. But Keanu Reeves is quite talented. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's not the right word. I think he's, he's engaging. I think he's likable. Yes, yes. I, I don't, I, there's been this weird renaissance where everyone suddenly just loves Keanu Reeves. He's yeah, like a puppy to everybody. Well, John Wick really helped with that. Yeah, and those are, the first two are good movies. Uh, I still don't think he's a good actor, but I like him in things. Uh, I saw Constantine after it had been out for a while. Not super long after, but... I'd heard everyone say it was a bad movie. Mm-hmm. My watch is like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. And as time has gone on, people have started to like it more and more. The weird thing is, with comic book fans the way they are nowadays, it's weird how popular the movie has become because the movie is incredibly inaccurate. Not that I care about it, but comic book nerds are very much like, you change one small detail and their lives are over. Yeah. Like, Constantine's supposed to be based on, uh, the guy who created him based him on Sting. Like, the singer from The Police. Oh, crazy. That's what he's based on. So he's supposed to be British. He's supposed to have blonde hair. Uh, he's supposed to have an accent, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves so does it, not do that. Is he a DC guy? He's DC. So he was in an episode of... Constantine was in an episode of Harley Quinn briefly. Yes, he was. Okay, yes. Constantine, uh, he premiered uh, in a Swamp Thing comic. 
That's where he comes from. Oh. So they're very tied in together. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and some fun things. He's very, uh, and I think another thing I'm surprised people are so excited about, he is, what is it called? I think not polyamorous. Pansexual. Sure, yeah. He's had sexual relationship with King Shark, who is also a yeah, Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Probably my favorite yeah. character. Oh, he's a great character. So, like, he is a, you know, he's, it's weird that this guy, who I, I love, I think he's a fun character. They had a brief TV series on NBC that lasted for one season, which was amazing, and did get him correct for the comics, that became, like, a cult hit after it got canceled, that he's very good in it. I think he's a fun character. Keanu Reeves is very different, but I still like it, and I'm excited for this. Let's hope it's not like Matrix Resurrections. It's oh, awful. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see if I have anything else. Um, I really should. I, I keep on saying every show. I really should like get this stuff in order and see which stuff I want to use and don't want to use. I have a billion different things on here that just don't order at all. One thing I'll say before we move into the next segment: Harley Quinn has been renewed for season four at HBO Max. Woo! Which was up in the air because. HP, have you heard of all the, yes. all the problem with WB Discovery? Well, they just basically, uh, uh, I don't even know how to say it, but like all this animation is not available anymore because of like trying to hide it away because of who owns the rights to it. Yeah, they don't want to pay anybody. If it's not completely owned by HBO, they don't want to pay anything. Uh, they, they're canceling movies left and right mm-hmm. and just completely, from what I've heard, HP, not HBO, DC has become a tainted word in Hollywood right now. They don't want to send people out to audition for these things because of what happened with Batgirl. Mm. So, like, everything's just all... You heard about Batgirl, yeah. right? Yeah. It got canceled at the last minute before it was almost, it was almost done. Yeah. Uh, so, no one's trusting them. So, I was kind of of the opinion uh, that they weren't going to bring back Harley Quinn because of this. They already canceled, so there's no going to be going to be no more uh, Young Justice, which was another HBO DC cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, I thought this was going with it. Luckily, it's very popular, so they brought that back. But yeah, so that's the one good news in DC HBO right now. Other than that, fuck HBO, fuck DC, it's going bad. I think that streaming platform might not last much longer, but hopefully we get this. Okay, so that's all the entertainment news. We're going to finish off the show. We are moving so fast. I am sorry. (laughs) No, I I didn't even... I thought this has been a really great pace. Oh, I'm enjoying it. I'm just saying, like, this is going to be a short episode. Uh, nothing to do with you. You're doing great. Yay. Uh, we're going to finish it off with, uh, the main reason why I had Jack on here today is because we are both fans of the Harley Quinn TV series, which we've been talking about, having a hard time not talking about <laughs> before we got to this segment that is on HBO Max. It's highly recommended. Uh, do you want to give like an overview of what the show is? Yes. It follows, as you might guess, Harley Quinn, uh, no. <laughs> through her villainous exploits, um, I don't know how how much spoilers you guys want. Go for it. Pause right now and just go watch if you want all no, three yeah. seasons. If you want no spoilers, uh, stop listening now. It's been great having you listen, but you're done. <laughs> um, so, you know, the first season or so uh, tracks her, like, abusive relationship with Joker and, and her friendship with Poison Ivy. And then at the end of the second season and... Uh, she and Poison Ivy get together and then the third season is about them like exploring their new relationship. What I love about the show, okay, so I saw the first episode uh, when it came out and I was like, this is crap. I did not like the first episode at all. I thought it was vulgar for the sake of being vulgar and nothing interesting to say. Mm. That's what the first episode seemed like to me. I felt like, and there's a lot of shows that do that. They think vulgar means it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like South Park gets away with it because they're vulgar but they have substance. And that's what I thought Harley Quinn started off as. 
Second episode, they start delving more deeply into these relationships and turn into, yes, it's a vulgar show, and yes, it's superheroes, but has so much to say about abusive relationships, mm-hmm. depression, self-love, uh, and just finding yourself. And has so much, because Harley Quinn, believe it or not, is uh, was a psychologist or yeah. a psychoanalyst, something like that. She's in the medical profession. They actually use that in this show to explore those themes, and it's done very well. It's easy for people to get into, but then you get suckered into these beautifully deep, moving stories with superheroes and supervillains. Yeah, with these characters that, you know, you have some familiarity with. Yes. And they they like referencing, you know, Bat- Batman the Animated Series and other stuff that this these characters have been from. It's very satisfying. Oh, yeah. There's a sequence. I'm not sure if you got there yet. I might give you a slight spoiler. Sure, that's fine. Uh, there's a sequence where they're showing, like, a flashback for Batman's life, and they show him with the bomb from the Batman 66 movie where he's running around and he can't throw in the harbor. <laughs> Because there's ducks in the water. And it's just like, oh my... They In that sequence, they're doing a whole bunch of sequences. They jump from like 66 Batman to animated series to Keaton. And it's amazing. That is great. I mean, that that reminds me of the Lego Batman movie, how they treated that. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, you know, oh, there's so much good stuff to say. First of all, the voice acting in this show oh, yeah. is superb. I was so against Kaylee Cuoco because all I knew about her was Big Bang Theory. I'm not a Big Bang Theory fan. Yeah, me neither. So, and I heard her voice, and it's not what I grew up with. I was like, why won't the other girl did her in the animated series? Mm-hmm. She's so good at it. She doesn't have the accent. But she does a really good job with it without mimicking what's come before. I think she has a fantastic job and become a huge Kaylee Cuoco fan because of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, even their minor characters, like the Riddler is voiced by, uh, I actually don't know the actor's name, but he's the Dean, I think, in Community. and Oh, um, Jim Ross. Yeah. I mean, just like every, even the minor characters are just comedically great. But then they got uh, Alan Tudyk plays a Joker. David yes. Bader plays Batman. You got... Um, Ron Funches plays King Shark. Oh, he's so great. They even keep taking my characters like I never knew anything about Kite Man. And I love Kite Man after the show. (laughs) He's so good. Bane is amazing comedically. Bane is so great. I jump back and forth between Kite Man, Bane, or Clayface is my favorite characters. It's so hard to choose. I, I know. They're all... They make a good job of... A lot of the villains are just really sweet. And, mm-hmm. like, especially Clayface and King Shark, who are the pair that are with, like, Harley and Poison yeah. and Ivy the most. They're, they're very, like, supportive and, like, oh, yeah. yay, friendship. And it's engaging and fun and, like... I uh, I especially what was I gonna say? Um, um, like it's just really unexpected. Yes. And speaking of straight men, Lake Bell plays Poison Ivy, and she is although she's a supervillain, she is a straight man of the show. Yeah. And she does a great job of still being a villain, still being menacing, but also being like super supportive best friend. And you buy all of it. Yeah. They do a great job with that. Uh. I, but they also do some great social commentary. Again, I might ruin a line here. No, that's fine. But there's a moment uh, where they're like a flashback scene with, scene with Batman, where someone goes like, "Why don't you? Uh, why don't you use your money to help out people that are poor rather than just beating people up?" And he's like, uh, "Pay for housing and stuff like that." He's like, "People pay for housing." And, <laughs> and it perfectly goes into it. people have been making fun of this stuff for years, and since it's a comedy show of Batman, they can actually go into the things people are making fun of it for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
you know, not only are the characters great and the music is great, mm-hmm. I also really love the pacing of the mm-hmm. show. They don't have any unnecessary stuff no. going on. It's like, what's the next interesting thing that's going to happen? That's what we're showing. We don't have to waste any time with, like, b- bullshit. Like, we'll it'll all figure it out. But it could also be crazy funny, and yet they are not afraid to wallow in a sad moment. Mm -hmm. To let you linger in there and really feel it. They don't have to go like, well, okay, it's going on too long, sad, let's throw in a fart joke. They they let it go, and it's really beautiful. I personally, the reason I think I love Clayface so much is Clayface wants to be an actor. (laughs) As a person who also grew up wanting to be an actor, who thought, oh yeah, what I'll do when I grow up is I'll just be an actor. I don't think I'm going to be famous, but I'll make enough to, to live on. Which is very stupid <laughs> to think that's going to be easy to do. And then it'll just live like that. And that's Clayface. Clayface does some of the acting exercises. You, If you were into that, you see, you recognize, you see his, his way of being. He's very much like actors that I've met. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fantastic role done so well. Oh, you know... Another thing that's really satisfying about the show is that whatever they mention or like set up in the first part of the episode, you will see oh, yeah. it. So like there's one part where Clayface is like they're gonna do a museum heist and Clayface is, but what what if the day god has taken another shift to because he wants to marry the love of his life and he keeps a cigarette in his pocket just to smell even though he quit smoking like three years <laughs> and Poison Ivy's like, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. And of course exactly that happens. And it's just like, yay, give give me this. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's perfectly done. It is uh, one of the best animated shows that's on TV right now. Uh, I highly recommend it. Is there anything else you want to get in there before we wrap this thing up? Um, it's very quick, I'm sorry, quick, quick episode. No, no, this is, this you know is what a this lot is? of fun. You know what this is? This is like Harley Quinn. We didn't wallow around and bullshit. We got all the points out there very fast, yeah, very bam, eloquently, bam. and we didn't need the time to wallow around and make bad jokes yeah. and fart and stuff like that we got it done no farts in it all killer no filler yeah. <laughs> um yeah no i uh i think i've said everything that i wanted to say uh definitely watch harley quinn everybody all right uh do you, before we end the show do you want to oh you know what i'm not gonna end the show yet i forgot i got some backups in case we ran short and I want to do some of my backups. Oh, what, what? Woo, okay. Woo. So sometimes I like to go on. Uh, are you familiar with I Am I the Asshole on Reddit? Am I the Asshole? Yeah. Yeah. So I try to find ones that are movie or TV show related to do on here. And I got two of them that we can do before we okay, end the show. Okay, cool. So Am I the Asshole for not taking my daughter to the movies is the first one. I have a 14-year-old daughter who is a massive anime fan. In the beginning of October, she asked me if I could take her to, take her to see it, saying she would... Pay for a ticket. I told her to remind me. So when opening night came on the Friday before Halloween, she asked, could we still go? I told her no because it was cold and rainy. I told her we could go on Halloween. When Halloween came around, we were going to see it that night. My three-year-old, three other kids wanted to go to the preserve for trick-or-treating. She didn't take well. I told her that it would just came came out and we could see it next Saturday. Turns out I had an overnight shift that I had to work that night. So I told her we'd go Sunday. Sunday came around. She was excited because it was finally time for, for her to see it. Since that morning, I didn't get as much sleep as I planned. I told her we'd oh go on Thursday since that she was off that day. She kept asking me when we were going to go, but I told her I would take her, but her sister didn't want to go on the weekend. Her sister hates anime. Almost a month went by, my daughter was really mad at me. She stopped smiling and most of the time stays in the room and doesn't even talk to me anymore. I told my daughter that I was going to the movies to see a movie with a friend, and my daughter looked devastated. She asked when I was going to take her to the movies. I told her I didn't know. 
But with that, she went to her room for the night. Next day, it was evening. I went to check on her. I saw her laying in her bed on her phone in pitch black darkness. I told her to get over herself and get out of bed. The look she gave me made me feel kind of guilty. Am I the asshole? That can't be real. That that, that person lost self-awareness. Like, it, there's no... Yeah, absolutely yes. you're an asshole. Like, and it's not just that you didn't take your daughter to the movies. It's that you lied. Yeah. And you, you bailed. It, the thing is, if you, if you say, no, we can't go right now, and don't give her, like, an out, that's one thing. But if you tell your kid you're going to do something... You should make the effort to do it. If, you didn't, if you're a little tired that day or it's a little bit rainy and you don't want to go on the rain, which is one of his excuses, that's on you. That makes you an asshole. You have a commitment to these children to make them happy, to fall through on your word. If your word means nothing, they're not going to trust you and why should they be honest with you? I, I mean, I always view it as like, if an adult person did the same thing to you, would you be upset? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. If one of my friends continually bailed on me. And he went to the movies with another friend. Person. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't care if you don't like anime movies and you're an adult, you you promised your kid you would take them. Is is there anything funny in the, oh, in the top comments? Oh, let me go back. I was moved on to the next one. No, that's fine. Uh, I just... Let's see. Everyone's calling him the asshole, basically. Yeah. Uh, I... I am gonna just hope that that is not a true story. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel so bad for that girl. All right, this one's very short, and we're gonna finish off the show with this one. Sure. <laughs> am I the asshole for letting my 11-year-old son go around town wearing a Michael Myers mask carrying a butter knife? <laughs> my son loves costumes, special effects, makeup, etc. This morning, he wore his Michael Myers latex mask and carried a dull butter knife to go stand in front of the neighbor's house to be spooky. Neighbors know my son well and thought it was hysterical, sending pictures, entertaining their children as well. Then I got a message from another neighbor about how terrifying and disturbing my 11-year-old son's behavior was. They lived right next to the neighbor who was amused and saw my son passing. Really? Is it that bad? Am I the asshole? Uh, that one, I think, is... Uh, the butter knife is, like, is borderline. I don't think you should ha he should have anything that looks like a weapon on him, especially considering how police officers... By the way, this was in March. This is not Halloween season. No, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, still, it's a kid. I think kids can wear whatever they want. And if he was standing outside the house of someone who was not okay with it, that's mm -hmm. something. But if the person he was standing outside the house was like, this kid's great, then... Yeah, I don't see much problem with that. I think the mask is fine. I think the knife takes it too far. Even yeah. if it is a dull butter knife, anything like a weapon is too far. Plus, in this day and age, do you really want to risk your kid going around scaring people with a weapon? He's going to get shot by yeah. police. That's what, I, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, definitely not the anything like a weapon, even a butter knife. Yeah. But if it's just the mask, that's not the... That's fine. Yeah. Tell him, tell him it's fine. It's just my kid wearing a costume. It's cool. He's 11 years old, so he's almost full grown. But I, don't, I think he's still kind of short at that age. Yeah, the, their muscular system is not fully developed yeah, yet. They're fine. Just you know, don't be scared of a little kid wearing a mask with no weapon. Take the take the knife yeah. from him. That's yeah. all. So I think we're in agreement there. I don't think he's an asshole, but I think he needs to talk with his kid. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So that's been the show. Uh, do you want to throw in your plugs one more time? Sure. Please check me out at the Improv Collective. Uh, I perform with IFL, and I per also perform with the Teacher's Lounge, as I am a teacher at the Improv Collective. 
Uh, and that is in Costa Mesa. You can find more information at improvcollective.fun. They pay extra for the dot fun. I like how that's like a slogan. Is that really, is that <laughs> yeah, one of the flyers? I, no, I mean, when they plug the, the website at the shows, that's what they always say. I forget, someone always says it and then another person is like, no, don't let that become the motto. <laughs> <laughs> It's there. It's, it's it's engraved in that in that name now. Okay, uh, and again, please rate and review my show on iTunes. I'd greatly appreciate it if you could do that. It takes ten seconds. Not that long. It doesn't even have to be many words. Just write on there, "Great show" or something like that. Or Carl's the best because I want I want somebody to say that. Yeah, podcasting <laughs> is hard. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to put the show together. All right, thank you for listening. And remember, when it, when you want your entertainment news two weeks late. Listen to Unlicensed Entertainment. Mm-hmm.